Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, welcome to the Spill Your Snackable daily podcast where we talk about everything entertainment every day. Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick, Mamma Mia's entertainment editor and Oscars fangirl. Ooh, I'm Key Reese. I'm from Mamma Mia's influencer agency called Social Squad. And I'm not a fangirl, but it was bloody good television, I tell you that. Yeah, look, this is my Christmas and my Super Bowl. All the things rolled into one, so let's get into it. So this is our Oscars special. So we're going to be talking about the big wins of the night, the things you may have missed, and the excitement at the after parties. So there were were surprises in the winners category. Yeah, just look, obviously in Best Picture, which was amazing, but not so much in the actor, Best Supporting Actor and Actress categories. But we still got some good speeches out of it, so that's the main thing. We did. So Laura Dern finally got the Oscar that everyone had been hoping that she would get for Best Supporting for Marriage Story. And I thought her speech was nice, but I actually think her press room speech afterwards was the better of the two. Yeah, and I mean, there's so much tied up in her win. I mean, being the first actor or actress to ever win for a movie distributed by a streaming service I thought was interesting. Like Netflix is finally getting its claws into the actor Oscar's glory very slowly. I thought it was interesting that she definitely got the, and we've talked about this before, but that it's time Oscar, which there's always one of those every couple of years where someone is awarded for this their past career or other projects they've gone at the time because when I saw her hug all the different actresses and they played the clips of the other actresses who were in the pool with her, it was really a case, and I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but being the strongest actress but with the weakest performance that year but because her body of work is so good, it was just the time to celebrate Laura Dern. Yeah, and I think I think everyone was thinking the same thing because I know you weren't here yesterday but Hannah and I spoke about the Spirit Awards and that kind of yes. tribute to her and that really feeds into what you identified as kind of her time award. Um, when she went to the press room after, I think it was really interesting, and I do agree with you, her body of work, but also the experience that she has in navigating really tough questions. And in the press room, they you know, they really focused on, I think, three main kind of big things. One was addressing the elephant in the room about um, the lack of female directors mm-hmm. and asking her, oh, who would you nominate? And her just being like, well, you know, if I could split my Oscar, I'll give it to Greta Gerwig. She's just so wonderful. Her you know, really kind of standing up for women and obviously someone who she's worked with really closely. And then someone asked her about what we could learn out of Marriage Story because I think she'd been quoted before as saying, um, you know, we can all learn Marriage Story is a story of love and it's something we can all learn of even though it's about divorce. Um, and the reporter said, oh, what, what can we learn as, as a country or globally? If a couple through heartbreak and divisiveness can come together to raise a child then this country better get our act together. <laughs> I think there is much to learn um, from the story so beautifully told by Noah and, uh, and on a global level, as I mentioned, you know, we have a planet to save. So I pray we can all come together to focus on something that is not at all about politics, it's all about our home. So when that reporter asked her that question, I was like, oh, 
Like I tensed up because it's just such a tricky way to do it. But she answered it like a pro and it just goes to show she's been in the business for so long. She gets how this works and her answers are just you know, they nail it every time. Yeah, and on what you're saying about this being a year where the question around female directors was such a big one throughout the show and the idea of kind of get, giving women a space in the room, I think it's particularly interesting that Laura Dern won because she's always made those kind of brave and controversial choices. It made me think all the way back to decades ago when she starred in um, Ellen DeGeneres' coming out episode on her sitcom that famously got, you know, cancelled after that and Ellen didn't work for a while. But Laura Dern's people told her that if she did that, she wouldn't work again for many years. And she didn't work again for many years after that. It took a whole year for her to be rehired again. And I kind of feel like her getting the Oscar was just like, yes, like that's your reward for kind of making that big, difficult decision all those years ago that you're now standing on that stage. On to the other woman who won big on the night, which is, of course, Renee Zellweger for her role in Judy, lead actress. And it wasn't any real big surprise, but I was honestly, her speeches this season have just made me really anxious watching them and it's just because it's just because I think I, I care about her so much as a person after we hugged her at the say, premiere. Do you think she won an Oscar because we hugged her after a premiere? I think I said to her, you can all win an Oscar. And she was like, I don't know who you are. Get away from me. But we were right, Renee. <laughs> we were right. And it really was a deserving performance. But I actually didn't think that this acceptance speech was the, mo- the, was the worst. Not that any of them were bad, but it didn't make me as anxious. I think she really delivered this speech, but she is getting a lot of flack for it. Oh, look, she's getting some flack. And I think, but I think half of it's coming just from the idea that's her delivery. She has that really breathless, girly. She gets a bit of her Texan twang comes out, which yeah, I think which because, I love it. Yeah, exactly, because she was doing duty. Some people forgot that. But if you listen to what she was saying, it was and she was in a difficult place because the family of Judy Garland, most notably her daughter Liza Minnelli, have come out and kind of slammed the film and don't want to be associated with it and said that their mother would have thought it wasn't great. So she's in this weird spot where she wants to get up and talk about Judy Garland and honour her, knowing the family doesn't want her to say it. So I think the best line was when she said, Judy Garland never won this award because she wasn't given a competitive Oscar. She got like a one for like that was like a special one that was awarded afterwards for Wizard of Oz. So she never won an an actress Oscar and she was like, you know, this is for her. This is for her performance and her diversity. So it was a nice way to tie it in. So I was, well, I think collectively we were having a Google yesterday because Brad Pitt, who took away Best Supporting Actor for his role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when he got to the press room, um, I mean, he delivered an impeccable speech for his acceptance speech. But when he um, went to do his interviews in the press room backstage, I think it was Angela Bishop from Channel 10 asked what I thought was literally you sitting in the press room, Laura <laughs> Brodnick, being like, so some, you know, people who, are, you know, not enjoy, us, but other people, but yeah. other people have said that perhaps you have, you know, had a bit of help with your speeches this year. And he was very honest and transparent about the preparation he had put into it. Historically, I've, I've always been really tentative about speeches. Like, they make me nervous. So this this round, I figured if we're going to do this, I'm like put some, some real work into it and try to get comfortable. And, and this is the result of that. Um, no, I, I, I definitely write them. I have some funny friends. I have some very, very funny friends that helped me with, with some laughs. But no, it's, you know, it's got to come from the heart. 
I still think he lied. You he did? said that he's yeah, he's like, I've got some funny friends, but it all comes from my heart. I think that the reason his Oscar speech didn't have as many quippy social um, issues lines in it is that his campaign team were like, We've gone too far. <laughs> Bring yeah, it yeah, back yeah. in. Everyone can see it. So he kept it very um, They kind were of very different. Felt. Yeah, and stuff, which was nice. Um, and I also think like it's not his first Oscar because he's won them from producing before, but it was nice to see him win an acting award, being the kind of bona fide movie star that he is. And especially because he's used his Hollywood clout in other cases, like with Selma or for 12 Years a Slave, to kind of get those movies in the award show mix. So actually, look, I know I've ragged on him all season, but I was still happy for him. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that yesterday when you were sitting down to watch the Oscars, probably the last person you expected to see up on stage was Eminem. Yes, look, it was the last person, but can I say... I think he was my favourite appearance of the night. I know people have ragged on this. I was so happy to see him. That is what I expect from the Oscars. So Eminem, it was 17 years in the making, so he won an Oscar for the song that he wrote for 8 Mile. and movie Yeah, that- Lose Yourself, Lose- an iconic song, which Sorry. a lot of Oscar songs kind of get forgotten, but that song is still pumping today. <laughs> So he comes out on stage and he's performing and people are very confused. There are pans to, um, the camera pans to um, Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas who are into it, but also like, why is this happening? I don't know, were they the even alive turning? when that <laughs> song came out? have to know how iconic it was. But then it was panned to other people in the audience who were just losing their minds. There were, I think Martin Scorsese was asleep, but we, we'll... <laughs> push past that. But yes, he wasn't actually there um, those years ago to accept that award. So it was kind of this, I guess, second coming of him getting his chance to perform and and have his moment. Yeah, and it came off a really, I mean, because they did, they played little all these little snippets of songs and it was kind of trying to show how a song can, in some cases, make a movie, which in this case it did. And all those years ago, 2003, I remember it like it was yesterday, um, there was a lot of kind of criticism at him even being in the Oscar mix that he shouldn't be there. So he didn't, as you're saying, didn't come to the awards, missed his chance to get up and perform it, missed his chance to do his acceptance speech and to do the rounds. And I think this was kind of trying to say that that idea that the Oscars can be for anyone like anyone, especially the song category. I mean, there's been some wild places. Remember when that song "It's Hard There for a Pimp" won best song? Oh my god, I love that, that song. And they came out and sung it, and everyone was like, "Get off the stage!" But then they won. I feel like the song category, and I think also the Oscars is a telecast. It's, it should be surprising and interesting. Ratings were so far down this year, even down from last year. They're steadily falling every year. It could get to the stage where the Oscars don't get played on TV anymore because it's such a money loss. And I think this was the moment everyone was tweeting about and talking about and in a year where we already knew who the winners were for so many categories to still have something surprising I just think the producers of that show like if they ever high-fived at one moment it should have been that moment. See that just went right past me I'm glad that we're talking about this because I understood that it was because he hadn't done it before but of course it is to show that um, breadth of diversity which was the common theme of the show obviously because diversity had been really shut out and we've talked about it a lot on the pod in the lead up and throughout this awards season about the lack of female representation about the lack of representation with people of colour. And so the two producers who did the show, their names are Lynette Howell-Taylor and Stephanie Allen, who are um, seasoned um, producers in the industry, but first time producing the Oscars. They had control this year. And they kicked it off with a performance from Janelle Monae, who absolutely killed it, I have to say that. But 
she sang lyrics like, it's time to come alive because the Oscars is so white. She was surrounded by black dancers who were dressed as characters from movies, not only, but including Dolomite Is My Name and also Us, which are predominantly black movies all led by lead mm. black And was she actors. dressed as the May Queen from Midsummer? Because a lot of people were saying that that was a big one shut out along with Us. Yes. So she was do- pulling all of these iconic movies and movies that really touch people and move people that were ultimately shut out as I guess this form of like acknowledging it but I don't know it just fell kind of flat for me she did take a moment to say tonight we celebrate all the amazing talent in this room we celebrate all the women who directed phenomenal films I'm so proud to stand here as a black queer artist telling stories happy black history month it was just I think trying to do too many things in one go it and just kind of fell a bit flat for me yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting take. I guess I I loved watching it, which I know you did too as well, but I thought it was really important and a good way to open the show. And I think the producing team and the Oscars, like they get a lot of flack, but they only have a small amount of say in bits of it. Like they can't actually tell people who to vote for. They don't know. I mean, there is a certain sense that like most of the Academy is still older white men. They're trying to bring more people in, but the diversity quota is not up there. So they actually don't have a say in who wins and who's going to be nominated. What they can control is the people they have presenting, the people they have performing and the people they like come up and like do opening monologues and that sort of thing. So if you're trying to add diversity to a show, you've only got a small moment to do it. And that's why I think they push so much in there. And also, from what I understand, Janelle Monae was given a bit of a blank slate to say, like, you do what you want to do in this opening number. We trust you. And she only had a small moment, but it's a big one to open the Oscars. And it adds to her, you know, it adds to her currency. It adds to like her, add to her asking price for movies, all those kind of things. So I feel like she had this, she had, in the words of Eminem, one shot. She did she have one shot. She, and she took it. And I'm glad that she took it but I think it was it was palatable for a certain audience the people who are from that community it didn't sit well with it just seemed a bit disrespectful and a bit kind of like and I understand the producers kind of motivation behind it and and respect it but I think Oscars is walking such an interesting and like difficult road in a way because today analysts have said that the reason the ratings are so far down is that people are turning away from the talk of diversity they're turning away from the talk of like is sexism in Hollywood and they also don't want the politicalness like that kind of stuff has seeped into the awards and for a lot of people like us we find that more interesting and more important but the the general audience is turning away from that so they're in a tricky spot of how to work that into something like this one of the kind of best moments of the night I think we can all agree is the many wins by Parasite which kind of going into this there was there was a lot of odds in their favor because the movie was growing momentum but obviously they hadn't had a clean sleep across award season and they were trying to do something which no other film has accomplished which is to have a foreign language film take out that best picture award yes something that had never been done before so it was really exciting I was stoked I kind of had in the back of my mind had hoped that this would happen and just before they announced it I kind of had a feeling that they were going to get it it just seemed that way like after each award that they were kind of getting it seemed like it was heading that way and I thought it was a really great moment. Well there's also a lot of stuff I'm um, kind of stuck as I was watching the awards um, sitting in an airport just huddled over my phone trying to watch the Academy Awards like a the nerd that I am. When they started losing a few of the technical awards that's when I started to worry because those things it's usually like a um, screenplay director and the technical awards that all 
go into kind of having that best picture um, nomination and the fact that neither cast was nominated. Like I think the last movie to win best picture, if I remember correctly, the only other movie actually that didn't have any cast nominations was Slumdog Millionaire. And that was many years ago now. So it's quite an unheard of feat. And also with the way they vote for the best picture Oscar is so different to the other categories in terms of that preferential voting. So it would, it, it like there was the hope that a lot of people who would vote for those more traditional movies in terms of who was voting in that category. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 1917, the hope was that a lot of them would put Parasite second, which it looked like that they did what the analysts are kind of saying today, that it kind of snuck in there by being the movie that everyone voted one and two. So yeah, it was just a good outcome overall. So my favourite thing to do after an award show is to go onto the secretive Twitter feeds and um, different blog posts from journalists who have snuck into all the after parties because they're often a lot bigger and a lot looser than the awards ceremony themselves. So two of the big ones are the Governor's Ball and the Vanity Fair Party. So just kind of going quickly into the stuff that happened. At the Vanity Fair Party, Joaquin Phoenix walked in. with He was one of the few stars there, especially one of the winners with no entourage. He only had his fiancée Rooney Mara with him, who they met starring Mary Magdalene together. She's also an Oscar nominee. He didn't have anything with him, including his Oscar. He'd misplaced it. What he did have with him was a sign that they famously serve burgers at these after parties, especially the Vanity Fair ones, because no one's eaten for a month <laughs> leading into the awards. Um, and they went to hand him the burger and he held up this pre-prepared sign he'd been carrying with him all night that said, choose vegan. It isn't a fad. It's the future. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I did see that picture and now I understand the context of it. And that obviously links back to his acceptance speech where he was talking about animal cruelty. I love that. And the most important news to ever come out of an after party, potentially to come out of the Oscars, is the movements of Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. Oh, so, this I'm excited <laughs> Multiple for. journalists were following. They they both went to multiple of the big parties, so the, the Governor's Ball and Vanity Fair. Um, they were very careful. They had both had people who were walking them through the parties, keeping them separate so they wouldn't be photographed together. Um, one page six journalist was saying that Jen actually stopped walking the red carpet and let Brad kind of go quite a far ahead of her so there was no chance of them being photographed oh. together. She also walked into a room at the Governor's Ball, I think it was, and then quickly ran out because he was in there because they were so worried about having another viral yeah. moment like that and that overshadowing that. his night and her kind of being wrapped up in that. So apparently they were then spotted going into a smaller separate after party afterwards and multiple sources said that's when they had their big chat and talk and everything in there. But the whole night was about them trying to keep away from each other and these journalists chasing them through the after parties. So yeah, poor Jen Aniston just rocked up wanting to have a burger and a drink at the Vanity Fair party and she had to leave because Brad was there. Thank you so much for listening to our Oscars special today. We love seeing what you get up to while you're listening to us each day. So why don't you snap a pic, hop on Instagram and tag us at Mamma Mia Entertainment. The Spill is produced by Hannah Bowman. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Bye.